When it comes to story ideas, my biggest source of inspiration is when I take the bus. Welcome to Earth Stories. There I am on the bus with strangers. A lot of them are looking on their smartphones. They don't even dare look up. I mean, that's the thing here in Canada. I'm not sure where you are, but in Canada, it's not the most friendly place in the world. You may think that it is from all the reports, but not really. People are busy scrolling on their phones or back in the day looking in the newspaper, and they don't even know that you exist. You hypocrite! Well, I don't want to sound hypocritical because I'm one of those earthlings as well when I take the bus. But sometimes here and there, I break the cardinal rule and I look around. And what I do is I take up my pen and paper and I just start writing the things that I see. This story that you're going to hear is called White Author. You heard this before. This is a repeat episode. You gotta be kidding. Just let you know, I've been busy writing new material for season six. It's going great so far, but to be honest, it's very grueling. Tremendously difficult to write an entire season. So here is a repeat of White Author. I'll be back on the other side. I'm about to board the city bus. Are you done talking into that microphone? Uh, Just a moment. I'm recording a podcast. Get a move on. I don't have all day. I sat beside a white dude on the bus. He was reading Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington, a book about the struggle of my people from the hand of their oppressors. I felt embarrassed. I wonder if he knows more about my people than I do. A slavery book is not on my shelf. In fact, I only read white authors. This is not by design. I don't have a mind to seek them out. Should I ask him how the book is going? Would that seem strange? Who does that anyways? It's not like I read the same book and we can share notes and indulge in an intellectual discourse about the plight of the Negro. Besides, this is Canada. How's it going, eh? People are not allowed to strike up conversations with strangers on a bus. Maybe he's a university student, and this book was part of the curriculum. This thought made me feel better, even though it may not be true. It's amazing how we comfort ourselves with untruths. We seek out unconfirmed conclusions. We rush for the quick answers. We tailor-make our fantasies to clothe our preconceptions. Could it be that he's interested about my race with no hidden agenda? No midterm paper to turn over or degree to attain? Too many of my people neglect our history and read fictitious tales about African savagery and believe everything we watch in the movies. Maybe I'll read some Booker T. Washington or Maya Angelou, take a break from Steinbeck and Rivers and my favorite white authors. He was a graduate student when he interviewed the former slaves, including the two women you hear in this broadcast. 
Falk was going on about how he believed in giving blacks the right to go to school, giving them the right to vote, giving them the right to go into anything they qualified for. And then he said he experienced an epiphany. I remember him looking at me very sadly and kind of sweetly and condescending and said, you know, you still got the disease, honey. I know you think you're cured, but you're not cured. You can't give me the right to be a human being. I'm born with that right. Now you can keep me from having that. If you've got all the policemen and all the jobs on your side, you can deprive me of it. You can't give it to me. Cause I was born with it just like you was. They are haunting voices from the past. Not actors reading a script or scholars reading a text, but the actual voices of men and women, Americans, who were born in slavery. My name is Fountain Hughes. I was born in Charlottesville, Virginia. My grandfather belonged to Thomas Jefferson. My grandfather was 115 years old when he died. And now I am 101 years old. I don't like the idea of Black History Month. Now, please don't, don't clutch your pearls. Hear me out for a moment. Here in Canada and the States and probably where you are, they have Black history for the entire month of February. And so some people, they get really excited because for the entire month, they're going to hear about Black history, African history. The schools are going to be covered in African artwork. There's going to be plays. There's going to be poetry sessions about Black authors. And there's going to be special movies on Netflix and other streaming services just dedicated to the month of February. But you know what? Once February is over and all the confetti is gone, it returns to the regularly scheduled program. So I have a problem with this. I feel that Black history should be incorporated into human history in the same way that I feel about Aboriginal Month or whatever it is. It should simply be incorporated into what it is to be an earthling, to be a human being, rather than all this division. And I believe that all of this division, it hurts us as a human race. What do you think? You can reach out to me on Twitter at Poetic Earthling. Welcome to Earth Stories by York Campbell. Remember to subscribe and spread the word about our show. To give back, please buy us a coffee. This will go a long way in producing the shows. While you're on the Buy Me a Coffee website, check out some additional episodes for free. Thank you once again for listening to this show. Special thank you to my big brother, Elvis. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon. What is unspoken by the subjugated? What is never said to the master? Rather having to deal with this reality was a very remote, very remote possibility. It was in no one's mind. When I was growing up, I was taught in American history books that Africa had no history, and neither did I. That I was a savage about whom the less said the better, who had been saved by Europe and brought to America. And of course, I believed it. I didn't have much choice. <laughs>
Those were the only books there were. Everyone else seemed to agree. If you walk out of Harlem, ride out of Harlem, downtown, the world agrees. What you see is much bigger, cleaner, whiter, richer, safer than where you are. And you go back home. And it would seem then, of course, that it's an act of God that this is true. That you belong. It is only since the Second World War that there's been a counter-image in the world. And that image not come about through any legislation on the part of any American government, but through the fact that Africa was suddenly on the stage of the world, and Africans had to be dealt with in a way they'd never been dealt with before. This gave an American Negro for the first time a sense of himself beyond a savage or a clown. It has created, and will create, a great many conundrums. Next stop, the human race. Next stop, the human race. Please watch your step. <laughs> 